0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church,
1: please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I'm going
0: to talk about the progression of praise. Psalms one, Psalm 100, I want you to join me there. I want to read the whole chapter. It's about 300 verses long. No, it's, it's five verses long. I saw somebody getting ready to check out right then. Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Listen to verse 4 and 5. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his his truth endureth to all generations I want to hear verse 4 again and I know you can quote it enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise we've been celebrating thanksgiving all week how many of you have had a great thanksgiving this week amen Amen. I've had a great Thanksgiving. So I've been kind of meditating and thinking about Thanksgiving all week long and just kind of going over it in my mind and what it means and what I'm thankful for. And then about a week and a half ago, our youth ministry, they walk, the leaders walked up to me and said, you know, we want to do a progressive dinner. How many of you have ever been part of a progressive dinner? Okay, you know what that is, right? You go from house to house. You go to one house, you get uh, hors d'oeuvres. You go to another house, and you get the main meal, or salad, I guess. I don't eat salad, so I'd skip that house. Then you go to the third house, and you get a full course meal. And then you go to the last house and get dessert, right? That's a progressive dinner. And somehow those, those ideas connected in my mind that, that there is this progression. Progr- to progress means this. It means to move forward or to develop to a higher, better, or more advanced stage. To move forward, to develop to a higher, better, or advanced stage. And so as I begin to think about thanksgiving and this idea of progression, I begin to tie the two together and realize that in reality there is a progression in praise. And so I want to talk about that. But before I start talking about it, I want to make this statement to you because I don't want you to misunderstand me. In a progressive dinner, every stop is important. Every stop has something to offer that brings completion to the meal. If you skip the first stop, you're not going to get the, the, the crackers with cheese on them. If you go to the last stop and just eat dessert and miss the, the, the third stop, you're going to miss the steak that they had. You've got to have every stop in that progression to be fulfilled, to be completed. And so no stop can be diminished. They're all important. Every stage, every level, every step is absolutely crucial in the journey. And the same is true in this progression called praise so i want to deal with this progression because there are lessons and there are principles that we can learn in each step and david deals with this progression david understood the progression and without going into huge amounts of detail about david's tabernacle and the way that it was set up let me just mention to you this that david understood that there was a progression of praise he he says in verse four he says enter his gates with thanksgiving gates in david's time would parallel with the front door of your house What he's saying is is that to get in the house, you have to start with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is all that, all that thanksgiving really does is it just gets your foot in the door and you just start the progression, you just start the journey. But then he says there's a second step in this progression called praise. See, to understand this, we've got to understand that David's temple or tabernacle was an open tent. It wasn't like Moses' tabernacle where you had to go through the, the, the gates and then there was an inner court and an outer court and all the, and then a veil kept you from the presence of God. In David's tabernacle, once you got through the front door and into the courts, when you got into the courts, you were in the very presence of God because the, the Ark of the Covenant was exposed to everybody. It wasn't just for the priest. Everybody could see the presence of God. And so he's saying to us that once you come to the house of the Lord, either a physical building or in your daily life, that you get your foot in the door with thanksgiving. That's just the beginning of the journey. But to get into his presence, to get into his innermost part of who he is and get to know him, you've got to take one step further in progression and begin to praise. So I want us to look at this progression for just a few moments. I want us to deal with thanksgiving first. Before we go too far, I just need to share with you a deep spiritual truth. This this truth is going to blow you away. Are you ready? Get your pens out. This, this is going to mess you up. I'm, I'm serious. I hold, are you holding your breath? Hold your breath. Come on, scoot to the edge of the front. Come on, get up on the edge. I know you're ready. Are you ready? This is heavy stuff. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, here's my revelation. Thanksgiving comes before Christmas. Man, that's deep. That's deep, isn't it? I, okay, listen, I know that nobody sits around and ponders this concept that Thanksgiving comes before Christmas. Nobody's going to call me up and ask me for a book deal. Nobody's going to give me a $7 million advance on the book idea that Thanksgiving comes before Christmas. Nobody's going to call me from TV and say, can you come talk to us about the concept that Thanksgiving comes before Christmas? Nobody's going to do that. Listen, there is a truth in this that I want to share with you. Hear me very carefully this morning. See, I've noticed something. We rush past Thanksgiving to get to Christmas. I don't know what's happened. All I know is that when I was about seven or eight years old and I was in elementary school... I remember that Thanksgiving lasted a month. I don't know how that worked, but we were always making turkeys and pilgrims hats, and it lasted forever. And now, before you can ever draw one turkey, we're already hanging up our stockings. Well, what's up with that? See, here's the truth. Let, let, me, let me break it down to, to what I mean exactly. Christmas, in its basic elementary form, is a celebration of a, a, a new birth. Right? It's the celebration of a birth, right? So Thanksgiving comes before the celebration of a new birth. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Hang on with me. Thanksgiving always precedes divine birth. Let me say it like this and you can fill in your blank. Thanksgiving always precedes miracles. And I think I can prove it to you. Let let me remind you of the story. One of the greatest examples of this is probably, and, and most significant examples of this is probably the story of Lazarus. Do you remember what happens when Jesus shows up on the scene? Lazarus has been dead. In fact, in John chapter 11, verse 39, it says this, Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. He stinks. Four days. But a dead man is about about to be reborn into life, right? Jesus shows up on the scenes, and moments before Jesus does that clarion call of Lazarus and brings him back to life, Jesus stops mid-miracle and has thanksgiving. He says this in verses 41 through 44, that same chapter, he says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank Thee that thou hearest hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, after he had done thanksgiving, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said to him, "Loose him and let him go. And for those of you who need further proof, let me remind you that Jesus followed the same exact pattern when he fed the multitudes. Because in Matthew chapter 15, verses 36 38, he says, And he took the seven loaves and the fishes. And? Did he multiply them first? No. It says, And he gave thanks and break them and gave them to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they all ate and were filled. And they took up that which remained over the broken pieces, seven baskets full. And they did eat. Were, and they that did eat were 4,000 men besides women. And children. Jesus understood a principle. He understood that thanksgiving provokes and stirs God to work on our behalf. We need to learn a lesson this morning and that is this. We need to learn that a thankful heart stirs God's hand. Thanksgiving always precedes miracles. You may be looking for a new season in your life, a rebirth in your life. Maybe you need a rebirth in your job. Maybe you need a rebirth in your checkbook. Some of you got up this morning and looked at your checkbook and felt like going back to bed and pulling the covers over your head because you were depressed. You need a rebirth in your finances. And what I am saying to you is that if you need a rebirth, you must first start at the right place. There is an order. There is a progression. Thanksgiving precedes miracles. Paul bears out this truth in Philippians he teaches us the same lesson when he says this in chapter 4 verse 6 he said "in nothing be anxious" listen but in everything by prayer and supplication with what thanksgiving let your requests be known unto god thanksgiving and then your request Thanksgiving, and then I will step in and make something happen for you. Thanksgiving, and then I will come in and make there a way, be a way where there was no way. Thanksgiving, and then I will bring provision into your life. Thanksgiving, and then I will heal you. Thanksgiving, and then I will touch your body. Listen, it always starts with the. You've got to get the order right. See, we've got it backwards. We've got it backwards. What we want to do is we want the miracle first, and then as a result of that miracle, then we will praise. And what he's trying to teach us and what I'm trying to teach you this morning is that our, pr- our thanks should come first. It's called giving God a preview. How many of you go to the movies and watch the previews? I like the, pre- I don't go to the movies, I watch them on DVD, I'm too holy to go to the movies. I'm playing with y'all. Come on. Listen, you know, I like renting the DVDs. I like to rent a DVD and watch the previews at the front. That's the best part of the whole movie is the previews, right? It just shows you a, a foreshadow of what's going to take place. And what this principle teaches us is this, is we show God how we're going to act before He ever acts. If, he, if we're going to praise Him, then we thank Him before He ever works the miracle. Right? If we're going to thank well, God, I'll thank you when you give me a, a $1,000 to meet my needs. No, we thank Him first and then the $1,000. We got to get the order right. We get it backwards. So, my question is this if we aren't seeing miracles, if we aren't seeing breakthroughs, if we're not getting answers, could it be that we have not entered His gates with thanksgiving? Maybe we have failed uh, to, to develop an attitude of gratitude. I know you've heard that cliche before. We've heard it so often we don't even understand it or apply it anymore. But there is a truth there that we must begin to develop an attitude of gratitude where we come into His presence and say thank you even if, he, even if we don't see the answer. We thank Him first. There, there's a story about two old friends that bumped into each other, and the first friend was all, all depressed, and he was downcast, and he was about to cry. You could see tears welling up in his eyes, and his friend looked at him and said, what's wrong with you, man? What's happened to you? What, what's been done to you that makes you feel so bad? And the, the friend said, well, I'm going to tell you what happened. Three weeks ago, an uncle died, and he left me $40,000. And the guy goes, man, that's a lot of money. And he said, well, you don't understand Two weeks ago, a cousin died that I never even knew, and in her will, she left me $85,000 free and clear. And he goes, good gracious, that's a lot of money. And the guy says, no, wait, you, it gets worse than that. You don't understand. Uh, uh, last week, my great aunt passed away, and I inherited almost a quarter of a million dollars. And the guy looks at him and says, what is wrong with you? That's awesome. And the guy goes, this week, nothing. See, I wonder if that's not how we are. God, I know six years ago you healed me of cancer, but l- lately you haven't done anything for me. And so I fail to thank you. God, I know about five months ago, you, I didn't know where I was going to get the money for my car payment, and suddenly an envelope came in the mail. But you haven't done diddly squat for me in about three months, and I'm really upset. I am not th- What is wrong with you, God? And we fail to develop an attitude of gratitude, and so God refuses to move. We've got to develop a thankful heart. See, the second truth is this. Thanksgiving requires us to change our focus. If we're going to get in the doors, if we're going to get into the very earliest stages of into His presence, we've got to change our focus. If, if all we can focus on is what we don't have, then we will miss what we do have. We've got to become thankful. Let me ask you like this. Was Lazarus alive when Jesus said, thank you, God? No. Was everybody full of bread and fish when Jesus said, I thank thee for this lunch? No. He thanked God in spite of what he did not have. And God moved. So I would say to you this morning is this. We we must change our focus from us to him. See, When we change from what we don't have to who we have, our focus can shift instantly. See, some of you have have been focusing on your checkbook for so long that you've forgotten that we can focus on a God of provision. Some of you have been focusing on your sickness for so long that you have forgotten that we can focus on the stripes that were taken for our healing. Some of you have failed to focus so long on on the one that bore our sorrows. Now all you focus on is all your sorrows. And God is saying to us, you've got to change your focus. If you can ever learn to change your focus and learn to worship God in, in spite of what you don't see, in spite of what you don't feel, in spite of what you don't hear, in spite of what you don't experience, if you can learn to thank Him in that our focus will change. And listen, I want to challenge you this morning. If you change your focus, you will change your results. I challenge you this morning. If you haven't been being thankful with God, and you haven't thanked God for what you've got, start thanking Him for what you've got, and see if it doesn't change the result and what you continue to get in your life. Because when we change our focus, God moves. The Thanksgiving, in essence... Is based on what somebody does. Hear me this morning. It's based on action. It's based on uh, the results. I will thank you because of what you've done in my life. Let me just tell you this morning. It's easy to thank God for what He's done. I have no problem standing up here having a heart full of praise. Because I can stand up here this morning and say, He saved me. He rescued he rescued me. He turned my life around. He, he lifted up my head and gave me joy. I, I, thank you. I can be thankful this morning because he's given me strength. I can be thankful this morning because he's given me health. I can be thankful this morning because he's given me a great family, a great wife and children. I can thank God because he's given me a great church and great people. I, it's easy to be thankful when we look at what God has done. I don't want to diminish the fact that thanks is necessary. See, I remember what he's done. In Deuteronomy, over 18 times, the Bible says, remember what God has done. Some of you just need to stop just a moment and remember what God has done for you. Let it produce gratitude in your heart. You didn't always look like you look right now. Thank the Lord. You, you, you aren't always as nice and neat and put together as you are right now. Thank God. Some of you weren't driving what you drive right now. Some of you weren't living where you live right now. Some of you weren't wearing what you're wearing right now. Some of you didn't know the people you know right now. God has brought you so far. You should be thankful. But that only gets you in the door. There is a progression to praise. Thanksgiving is easy. You do something for me. And as a child, I was taught, if you do something for me, what am I supposed to do? Say thank you. In fact, what happens if you don't say thank you? You get a spanking right thank you so we learn that's child's play being thankful is nothing more than the elementary levels of christianity it is child's play it is right it is in order it is necessary and it is noteworthy but it's just the first step it just gets us in the door so where are we supposed to go there's this is a two-stop progression we're supposed to start at thanks but ultimately where god wants us to get is to praise let me tell you about this about praise Praise is based on what someone, not on what someone does. Praise is based on who someone is. See, this is adult mentality. This is when we mature spiritually enough to understand that we praise God based on His inherent worth. It doesn't matter if He never did anything else for me, if He never helped me pay my bills, if my car keeps breaking down and He never steps in and helps me, if I, all my friends leave me and all my possessions are lost, I, it doesn't change God's worthiness and in His, His inherent worth one little bit so I should still praise Him. So we as adults we progress from the point of just saying thank you to where we understand inherent worth and we understand that we praise based on that worth. For instance, I will probably never own a Ferrari, right? But I don't have to own it to understand that it has worth. I can look at it from a distance. I may never have the keys in my hand, but there is inherent worth in that vehicle. And I go, you know what? Look at the lines of that car. Man, it's beautiful. It has value. It's an incredible machine. And I will never get to drive one. But I don't have to have one to understand that it's valuable and that's where we've got to get in our spiritual condition we've got to grow up to understand that whether god ever does anything to give us another goosebump, or ever make us feel good or ever rescue us again he is valuable he is worthy now let me just tell you praise is more difficult than thanksgiving hate to break that news to you it's easy to say thank you for when when somebody does something for you praise is more difficult That's why Paul steps in and he says you should offer a sacrifice of praise. There is a progression. It will cost you something. It will be difficult. There will, I I hate to break this to you. I I know you glow in the dark when you sleep and you're so holy and everything. But let me just break the news to you really, really bluntly. There will be mornings when you wake up and you won't feel like praising. But you know what? We're still obligated because he's still worthy. Praise is more difficult. This is a progression as we mature and as we grow deeper into in our knowledge of God and our in our relationship with Christ. We should move forward a higher, better stage, advanced stage, and we should begin to praise Him for who He is in the good times and in the bad times. How many of you have ever had bad times? Amen. Isn't it hard sometimes during the bad times to praise? But if we're going to go into His presence, I don't want you to just stop at the door. I want you to get deep into his presence. Thanksgiving will get you into the door, but there's a step I want you to take further into praise where I can get right up next to him and I understand that he's always going to be worthy. Doesn't matter what my world looks like. Doesn't matter what my life looks like. He's still worthy. And so praise should come out of me. We've got to grow up to this place where we can join David when he said in Psalm chapter 34 verse 1, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let me tell you something that's not always possible with thanksgiving. It's more difficult. Listen, Thanksgiving is based upon your condition and on your situation and your circumstance. So there are days you wake up and it's really hard to be thankful because everything's not going right. But praise can always be in your mouth because He never changes. His worthiness never diminishes. He's always faithful. He's always worthy. He's always sufficient. He's always able. And so we praise Him. So we've got to learn to allow praise to continually stay on our mouth. His worth never changes. That's why in the Old Testament, Job learned it. Job evidently learned the progression of praise because Job Job could say, God, when I'm rich, I bless you. When I'm poor, I bless you. When I'm prospered, I bless you. When I'm persecuted, I bless you. When I'm healthy, I bless you. When I'm sick, I bless you. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How do you do that? You can't do that with thanksgiving. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to have a hard time being thankful tomorrow if my children are taken away from me. But I can still say, God, you're still worthy. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense to my natural mind. I don't like what I see. I don't like what I feel. But the truth is is you are still capable and you're still God and you're still worthy and you're still holy. That's why Paul and Silas walked through the progression. They're in the jail. Check this out. The Lord shared this with me yesterday. Check this They are in bondage. Oh, we like to talk about the freedom part of it, that God breaks them out of chains. But the reality is, is that they were in bondage. It was real chains, real handcuffs, real stocks. It was not a comfortable position to live in. And right in the middle of bondage, they were still able to give praise. Why? Because God is still worthy. And so what I came to tell some of you this morning is it doesn't matter how tight your chains are. It doesn't matter how much your bondage has been weighing you down. It doesn't matter how long you've been fighting your battle. It doesn't matter how deep your addiction may be. The reality is, is in chains or out of chains, He is still worthy. Now, I wished that I could articulate well enough to tell you all the reasons that he's worthy. I I wish that I was able to to speak in such a way with such eloquence that I could describe all the worthiness of God, but I'm not able. So, watch this.
1: The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? (laughs) My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. and he saves, he strengthens and sustains, he guards and he guides, he heals the sick, he cleans the lepers, he forgives sinners, he discharges debtors, he delivers the captive, he defends the feeble, he blesses the young, he serves the unfortunate. Couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's marking. That's marking.
0: Hallelujah, amen. There is a progression in praise. It's not enough just to stop with saying God I thank you. You need to figure out who he is. He is worthy. He is able. He is capable. He is strong enough. He is mighty enough. He's big enough. He is more than able. He is exceedingly abundantly able. He is worthy of our praise regardless of your situation. Regardless of your pain. Regardless of your heartache and your brokenness. God is worthy and that listen, that will never change never change so I am challenging you this morning I don't know what you're going through I don't know what your situation may be but what I do know is that that doesn't change who he is you may be saying, well, God, I just can't handle this all by myself. And unless you do something, I can't worship you. No, 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 no. You've missed the point. We are to praise him when it's good times and bad times and high times and low times. All the time, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let me challenge you this morning. Get out of the doorway. Some of you know how to say thank you when God does something for you. But what if God hasn't done anything lately? Why don't you walk into his presence and say, God, in spite of everything I see, I still see the fact that you are worthy of my praise. I am challenging you this morning to go to a higher, better, more advanced stage, progress. See, some of you know how to say thank you when we hit the right song. I am asking you to grow up it's easy to say thank you when God does something for you when you get that goosebump, man it's easy to say thank you I am asking you to go to a higher level so that you walk in here and whether you've been going through hell all week and everything has gone wrong and everything is messed up and everything is broken and everything you've touched has not prospered but everything you've touched has been demolished and destroyed you've lost your love lost your, your work lost your car lost your house lost everything I still walk in and say you know what God none of that diminishes who you are and so you are worth so in spite of all of that I will bring you a sacrifice of praise there is a progression in praise and it is time to grow past just thanksgiving I want you to stand with me this morning it is time to grow up I know you're in the door I want you to go deeper I know you, I know how to say thank you my, my seven year old knows how to say thank you you haven't accomplished anything when you say thank you we accomplish something and we make the progression when we walk into his presence and we can say, God, this is not based on what you do. I don't raise my hands based on what you do. I don't dance based on what you do. I don't shout based on what you do. I don't, I don't do my little bucking and snorting thing when just based on what you do. I worship you day in, day out, moment in, moment out, all the days of my life based on one thing your worthiness your worthiness your faithfulness Father I pray you'd help us to grow up some of us have gotten in the door and we've camped out there for years we are thankful God we do not diminish that aspect of this journey God it is only right it is in the right order that we say thank you because we understand that when we are thankful it moves your hand for us, so Father, if there is an attitude of negativeness, of negativity about us, and we're not thankful and we take your your blessings on our life for granted, Father, I pray that right now we would stop and we would say, "Thank you, God. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the provision that you've made in my life. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for my house and my car and my clothes. I'm thankful for all the many blessings I could count." my blessings and I could name them one by one I could never say thank you enough so father we don't diminish that help us to be thankful thankful to you and thankful to those that you send our way to bless us help us to be people who have an attitude of thanks where the smallest deed that someone does for us doesn't go unnoticed and unappreciated make us so thankful that when somebody does the smallest thing We would be quick to say thank you and be sincere and genuine about it. But Father, this morning, my prayer is that our focus would change from us to you. That we would go the next step in the progression. As hard as it may be, as difficult as it may be to get past what we don't feel, as difficult as it may be to get past what we don't see, as difficult as it may be to get past all the negative things in our life, Father, this morning I ask you to take us into a higher, more advanced, better stage where we can stand in your presence, deep inside your presence and bring praise, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of praise. Would you join me this morning, Julie? Would you join us this morning And praise Him for just a moment for who He is. Even if you don't feel like it, praise Him.
1: Give Him the highest praise For He is worthy to be lifted up Give Him the highest
0: praise It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit
1: www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.